Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Epic Fantasy Romance. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Oh, it's delicious. Today is Tuesday, July 26th. Uh, last working day week of July for me, not day week. Um, yeah kind of short week for me as I mentioned yesterday uh, tomorrow I fly to a polycon a word the transcript cannot handle <coughs> and um, we'll see if I do some podcasts from there or not we got some rain last night so everything is looking sprightly this morning sprightly and happy And uh, yeah, so I got a lot done yesterday. I was happy with what I got done yesterday. I got a full hour of words in before I even met up with Dorinda. And so I was done by, um, I could tell you what time I was done by. I love being done early in the day. I was done by 1130, had my 2000 words in by 1130. And that's just the best. Um, I really love having my words done by noon and I think I mosquito think I might have to go back to uh, that kind of schedule. Um, It means getting up earlier. Sorry for the squirming around if you're on video the mosquitoes are getting me. Uh, Yeah just really helps me to have words done before noon so that the afternoon is then for business. I hear some writers talk about that they do like um, writing in the morning and then editing in the afternoon. But for me editing takes very much the same muscle as drafting. So I I think um, it, it draws from the same well. So it doesn't work that way for me sounds like a nice way to do it but sorry for the scrape there decided to scoot you a little closer so I could sit back sit back and relax. So um one thing that I did make some notes while I was gone of things I wanted to talk about I was reading a book (laughs) I've, I've discovered that it's growing harder and harder for me to talk about the books that I'm reading because and it may be partly the podcast because I want to be able to dissect them and talk about what doesn't work for me in them and I feel I'm torn because I want to support the authors of the books by talking up their books but then if I'm talking about their books critically I don't feel like I should say. So I read this book um, that is by uh, it's a fantasy romance the romance was very thin um, slow burn and picks up in the next book but I didn't I didn't care enough to keep going. Um, you know, so that's like not something I would ever want to say publicly about a book, 
tell you guys which book it was tell you all which book it was ongoing effort to flens guys from my vocabulary. So so what I wanted to talk about <laughs> I don't need to go down this rabbit hole of this specific book and what worked and what didn't for me. But one thing I want to talk about is being aware and it, it's a delicate line to walk of what your readers want for your characters and and this is it's dicey right because you don't know (laughs) you don't know what your readers want necessarily but you do have to know or guess sense there's a certain amount of fan service and satisfying the readers with what they want a character to be able to have and do and there's a lot of joking that goes around all the time about um, authors torturing their characters. I shared a meme a little while back that was pretty funny uh I'm it was from a movie that I (laughs) Tohees oh and there's our hummingbird uh it's a lot of activity out here this morning. Sorry the birds distracted me. So thinking in terms of oh the beam the meme uh it was from a movie that I recognized but couldn't identify you know what I mean but it showed a driver of the car uh with a manic expression on their face uh the car clearly hurtling out of control and two people in the back seat screaming and it said uh when oh, I'm not going to do a good job of explaining it uh it said basically uh when uh, when my when a favorite character dies um and it's shows you know the person driving the car is the author me my best friend screaming in the back seat I thought it was funny. So so but there are a lot of jokes about authors torturing their characters and I see authors talking from time to time about you know someone once called me out on that saying see someone talking but you see somebody talking and writing right. Uh you <laughs> I'm distracted this morning aren't I. I saw an uh, I see authors talking often about how they love to torture their characters and it never feels that way to me. I'm always on the side of my characters um the the world does terrible things to them sometimes but I'm always on the side of my characters figuring out how to deal with it. So I feel like I'm writing in the car too I think that would be more accurate. So (sighs) 
I, I probably should have formulated this idea better before I started talking about it, but I figure out things as I talk about them, just as I figure out things as I write about them. There's a theme there, right? So, so this book, let me go back to my concrete example that eventually the author did deliver on what I wanted, but there was an extended period of the character being thrust into a role that they did not want and being unhappy about that and longing for their old life, which is, I mean, that's hero's journey. So, you know, it's, it's certainly a, a standard trope, you know, resisting the call to action, but as a reader, I really wanted this for this character. I wanted this um, responsibility, this position. And I didn't like that. So many of the other characters, this is another thing about characters being mean to each other, but I'll come back to that. Hopefully if I remember, I didn't like that. So many of the other characters were so against this person having this position. Um, and I felt like the world building was a little weak and I just taught this class for, uh, the Clarion write thon and I'm going to be teaching it at Worldcon. I just got noticed that I'm going to be giving this workshop at Worldcon, which is world building from a character driven perspective. So it's really cool that people want to, to see this workshop, uh, and find it valuable. Basically it's my approach that setting up the world in order to, uh, best put your characters through the crucible, right? So, which I suppose is, is me driving the car (laughs) to be fair. No, it's me picking out the worst possible car. I don't know. We won't go, we won't spend a lot of time on that analogy. But in this particular book, the, there was this sense that the protagonist could not have this position because of their gender. And but the rest of the, there were elements of that, but then the rest of the world didn't necessarily support this. And this is something I talk about in that workshop a lot. It's like, okay, if you decide that you want females to be second class citizens and because of gender, then first of all, be aware that you are knee jerk mimicking our patriarchal society, uh, which has been, you know, our history has been extensively massaged to support that idea. So be aware of those things. And, and if you've listened to me for a long time, you've heard me talk about this before, but also know why you're choosing that. I mean, are you, choosing that just to sort of keep your, your female characters down. Um, if there is a, it, it just has to be supported. And, and I realize I'm getting myself into a muddle because I'm trying not to give details. So this isn't like an alternate fantasy world 
where uh, the the Lord of of the of the land, um, you know, which is basically it's sort of like a a feudal. It's it's kind of like a Victorian England type society. Uh, so it's sort of as if the uh, the duke were chosen by a magical means, and the female protagonist is unexpectedly chosen. And there's a sense of that no the world can't that there there's a dueling sense of that no she can't be this because she's female but she has to be this because she's magically chosen and it was sort of halfway done it was like well be, can can a woman hold this position or not uh and I felt like the author just and it was a first book so you know there's something to that the sun is coming after me here I have to scoot over um in fact I think I'll just commit and do that that's better so you know it's like either females have rights or they don't either females can be in positions of power or they can't uh, and obviously we're talking a binary here but so that's that's one piece is like you when you're creating a world even if you're creating a world that is a close facsimile of our world or what we believe our historical world to have been and you all have if you've listened for a long time you've heard me talk about uh, the the faux medieval fantasy setting which has very little to do with what the medieval era was actually like I had one um really interesting reader contact me and talk about uh, gave me some interesting feedback where she um, I believe she was a she her said that she was an historian and that she could talk about all of this stuff you know like of how our um, ideas of what medieval society and culture and daily life were like are so incredibly wrong and have been so extensively massaged and really um, oh what's the word I want denigrated um, made to seem much much worse than it was anyway that's another topic uh, but I will touch on this that when you do have a society where rights are based on gender which does reflect our society but you have to look at why and how this is a very very long complicated history and how it affects people's interactions right you know is it exactly against the law or is it custom in this book it wasn't clear is it is there a higher law um, there wasn't a sense of there being any higher law to the land um, it's just it's not devastating but it's just slightly weak world building you know it's different whether or not things are actually illegal or whether they're custom uh, but also how do the other if things are very gender based how do other people react and this kind of comes around to my uh, thing about characters being mean to each other. I, I have a problem in books where where every character 
in the book is aligned against the protagonist. And that was not the case in this book, but there were a lot who, who either were or were just sort of tangentially oblivious. And it's in cases like that, people do form alliances, you know, like for instance, if females generally don't hold positions of power and a female is thrust into a position of power, uh, by magical decision, the other females are going to have opinions about this. The males are too, but the other females are going to have feelings and many of those will be feelings of solidarity. And again, if you've listened to me for a long time, you know that I have that it's one of the things that I complain about a lot is when female characters in a story are not supportive of each other, that they don't have real friendships. Uh, I feel like this comes from fiction tropes rather than from real life because at least I hope <laughs> because in real life, especially where when rights are threatened, people who are being deprived of those rights band together to protest, right? That's what we're seeing. You know, we see it with black lives matter. We see it with, uh, the protests against the overturn of Roe versus Wade in the U S the other people who are being similarly oppressed are going to have feelings about this. You know, and I realize that in a fantasy story, you may not want to get into all of that, but it, it has to be part of that world building iceberg, right? There's that great diagram with the tip of the iceberg, um, being like the things that show in the story, but then there's all that stuff underneath. So, so yeah, I think, um, but then the other piece is, and I talked about this in that workshop as well, is being aware of what your reader wants for that person and what your reader is bringing to the page. Because one person asked me if there were tropes I felt like were outdated world building tropes. And I said, well, like one that I personally have a lot of trouble with is the fantasy story where the female characters are not allowed to have the education where they're not allowed to go to the academy where they're, you know, not allowed to get X, Y, Z. And yes, I know I have written this with, uh, um, Chronicles of Desneria that women are universally not taught anything, even how to count. And I did that for very specific reasons, but I, and, and I made it extreme on purpose for that reason, because when a reader picks up a book where the female characters are not allowed to go to university where they're otherwise educated, but not allowed to go to university it begins to feel a little unsupported. It begins, it, it's hard for us to identify because while I know there are parts of the world where females are denied education, it's pretty rare now. And so it, it's a leap. You want to keep in mind what your character, what your reader wants for the character. And in my case, I really wanted my character to be to seize this opportunity and not be all, Oh, woe is me. I wish I had my old life back. I'll, I'll allow a little bit of it, but then I wanted, and eventually that change did happen. Um, but I wanted, I wanted more 
and maybe more would come in the subsequent books. So uh, that may have been a slightly muddled explanation. I'll keep thinking about it. Uh, but maybe I'll weave it into the world building from a character driven perspective workshop at Worldcon if you're going to Worldcon or which you should be able to attend virtually as well. And I'm realizing that I should have led with this today's release day for rogues possession. Woohoo! So it's out in the world now. Um, so now you can buy the first two books and third book comes out in a few weeks which means I need to get my act together and make my tweaks on it. So uh, have it's weird having these releases of books that I've already written because it feels like I don't know it's it's slightly anticlimactic um, but I'm really pleased at how well these books are selling. It's great to see a book that's been out for 10 years um, finding new readers. So uh, on that note I am going to go do a few release day things and I am going to get more words and get ready to fly to Worldcon tomorrow. If uh, if you're going to be there and you see me uh, please please say hi. I uh, would love that every once in a while I uh, like I talked to this gal online and she said you know I rode in an elevator with you at a conference and I was I wanted to say hi but I was too uh, too shy. It's like, uh, like oh please don't be shy. I I am I try to be nice. <laughs> I think I'm nice. I, I I love talking to people so uh do say hi and I will um maybe talk to you all on Thursday maybe on Friday probably not on Monday because I have jury duty right. So certainly a week from today if nothing else. You all take care. Bye bye.